Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. On today's Patriot Nation podcast, we talk Nikhil Harry coming back off of IR. We talk Isaiah Wynn back at practice. There's a new kicker in town as well with the Nuge being cut and Nick Folk back in town. And we also have Jake Loke from the Baltimore Beatdown podcast to break down the Ravens game. It's another live show. So once again, if you haven't checked out those live shows, make sure you get onto the Pat's Pulpit YouTube page, subscribe, and we'll be doing them every Wednesday night. So every Wednesday night, come uh, come listen to some Patriots stuff with us. And listen, you can interact back and forth. We answer questions in real time as you watch. So it's a great listen. But here we are. Here's the recording of our live show on Wednesday. It's a heck of a show. So buckle up and cue the music. Stack receivers, two to the right. Russell Wilson extends the hands. He has it. Wilson, quick throw. And it's good. We are back. Uh, we're live once again. It is uh, episode 49 here of the Patriot Nation podcast. We're approaching wow. the, the big number 50. Wow. And, uh, yeah, almost a, almost a year in, I think. Uh, I think it, it's it, just it, over or just about a year. I think it was November, right? I think so, too. Yeah, yeah. Just, about, just about November. That's crazy. So we're almost there, which makes sense because there are 52 months in a year. So it would make sense when we hit 52 That's that true. it would be a year. Yeah. Um, you know, but... But it's crazy. So here we are, Patriots are 8-0, uh, heading into uh, hopefully try to be 9-0 against uh, Baltimore coming up this week. Let's just just briefly, I want to talk about the Patriots game uh, on Sunday after late afternoon, I guess, uh, in Foxborough. Just an absolute one of the most insane games I've ever seen. You know, from from a from a first half standpoint. You know, when you talk about three consecutive plays with turnovers, the first six plays of the game, the Browns turned the ball over three times. It was it was unbelievable. Yeah, and I mean to talk about the the good one, I guess the one worth noting, the John Jones play was unbelievable. I you know I put it out in the film in the all twenty two. We actually got pushed down yep. at about their own forty. Got up, chased down Chubb, and just came out of nowhere with a, a textbook punch out. 
Um, you know, another, another fantastic play by this defense, the list goes on and on. And then probably the, I've never seen, I think, I don't think everybody commenting on it has never seen it. That play by Baker Mayfield, it was just kind of like a hot potato. No one wanted it. Uh, just gave it right to Lawrence guy. Right. Um, another turnover there. Well, and then, I mean, obviously the first fumble was uh, a great play by Van Noy. Right. Kind of cut block the lineman and, and it ended up kicking out. So. Yeah, no, listen, on the Jones play, you're right about Jones falling down. The McCordys also both missed tackles on that play and then still recovered to chase downfield and then recover the fumble, obviously. But, you know, on the Baker interception, I I just – look, I know everyone blames Baker for it, and I get it. I understand why they do. But to me, that's not 100% on Baker because the thing is is that that's a shovel pass behind the line of scrimmage. There's no way you expect the defensive lineman to be in the backfield that quickly. I think he, he beat a, a double team too, didn't he? He beat a double team and he beat the receiver to the bottom. I believe it was, uh, I believe it was, um, what's his face? Uh, Landry. Center. Yeah. Oh no. Oh yeah. Was no, it Landry, Landry was coming across? across? So yeah, it's like, you it know, was Chubb was the other guy that was right. Kind of standing so you, there. you run the play, fake the Chubb. You got Landry coming across the middle. You think there's no chance that Lawrence guy even has a sniff at this, at this ball. So he's not even Time looking at that, you know? And that's the thing is that like, I think for Mayfield, it's almost like the play is just to chuck it. So you're just like, all right, here's the flip. Like no one's ever going to get in the way of it. And if they do, that gets knocked down. Like, what are you going to do? You know, but like yeah. for him to intercept it, it was like, what are you kidding me? You know, and so and and it's funny because from my aspect, I'm looking at it saying, you know, I'm in the north end zone, which is Chubb's running towards me. But both of those plays happen behind the line of scrimmage. I couldn't see anything. All of a sudden on, on the high tower one, all of a sudden the high tower's running down the down the field. And I'm like, what happened right there? Like I didn't yeah. see the play happen. And the guy interception too, people in the back are going nuts. And I'm like, what like you typically never see stuff like that happen where it's behind the line of scrimmage, directly behind the line of scrimmage like that. And on, you know, on bait, not two consecutive plays, but on two plays, you know, out of three, it's, it was crazy. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, you kind of expected that with the weather, you knew something crazy was going to happen. And with the way the defense was playing, it was kind of a formula for disaster for, for the Browns. I, right. I didn't expect them to, uh, I mean, they, they, they got some, you know, they got the, we talked about it on the instant reaction show. Most of their yards, everyone's freaking out about, is this the way to expose them, you know, run the ball down their throat? Um, you know, most of those yards were coming in garbage time. They didn't really right. mean much um, for the first half. They were, they couldn't do anything. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We're kind of shifting it over to offense. And, you know, I think it's been, you know, obviously the sports talk radio has just been brutal this Patriot season. Don't even want to get into it, but. Um, you know, listening to it and, 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 you know, I think it's a fair argument. I think it's still, it's still not there. I think this week was definitely better. Um, you know, for, especially from the jets game, you know, Brady made some, I mean, he dropped some dimes. The one to Dorsett, the one to Ben Watson, um, you know, on the run to Edelman for a second touchdown, he played well. Um, I think he got a step in the right direction, but still that running game, it's just like they start off so well and they just hit a wall and they can't, uh, they can't string together any chunk plays, especially from their run game. Right. Well, and I think you look at the offensive line, and right now, four to five guys are playing bad. Four to five. And I mean, uh, it's expected too, right? I mean, look at the names, right. and it's great to see Win back today. Obviously, we'll get into yeah, that, but you know, yeah. you know what I'm saying. No, and that's the thing. I mean, Newhouse was terrible. I think he had like nine pressures or something ridiculous like oh. that. Ference was starting his first game ever because Shaq Mason was out. And he had like seven or eight pressures. It was it was a mess. And Cannons looked terrible all year long. The only guy that's been consistent has been Tooney. He's been unbelievable. And Pat, 
I noted it too. Ted Karras has been has been he's been playing well. I mean, a, a lot better than especially we expect. I think if you can yeah. find our shows and talk when Andrews was out, you know that was kind of right. going into week one. It's crazy how the weeks change, but that was like you know the biggest hole to fill, and he's done a decent job patching that up. Right. Well, Delatrini actually just commented on here that said, you know, uh, that his snaps have been inconsistent, which they have been. I think Karras's biggest issue is that his pass blocking, I think, is is pretty good. His run blocking is not. And so, like, that's something that when they run into the middle of the, of the line, it's just not there because Karras, who's in the middle, just hasn't been doing well. And Mason has struggled this year, too. And so, you know, you wonder if part of that is because of the ankle injury, if that's been bothering him for a while, and that's why he hasn't been playing up to up to the way he's been playing. But, you know, you remember Tooney, and, and you know, he got called out a few years back, uh, uh, you know, that he wasn't carrying his weight and he wasn't really playing well enough. And he's been the stalwart on that offensive line, and he made some phenomenal blocks, um, you know, on, on Sunday. And I think that he's been their most consistent offensive lineman. If you bring – the thing is this, right? If you have one tackle – that's getting beat like Marcus Cannon is right now, you can ship, right? If you get two tackles like that, you're screwed. And that's really the issue is that with the offensive line they have right now, you can take advantage of that. And you have Cleveland who has a, a really good defensive line and a good defensive front overall, and they were able to take advantage of that stuff. And so you start looking at it and saying, okay, do they have an opportunity here where you get against the Ravens and the Ravens defense was very good last year, but they've been inconsistent this year. So can you protect Brady enough against the Ravens and then you get Isaiah Wynn back? And then I wouldn't be surprised to see Shaq Mason out again this week, give him another week because then you get then he gets three full weeks off because you're talking about him, you know, being out for this game and then having the bye. And then he can come back to full strength as well. And now you're talking about the offensive line is totally new, totally revamped. And, you know, you can really start to protect Brady and run the ball more effectively. Yeah, I think that's a, you know, I was going to get into that. So I'm glad you touched on it, that. It, it is a smart idea. I know these games matter, and, and I mean, look at it, Pat. They win. They win this Sunday. They're they can literally coast to the finish line. Like it's it's a. I have a very hard time believing they wouldn't uh, get right. the one seed with a W on Sunday. So you got that aspect of it, but obviously the stretch run. You need Shaq Mason. You need him at a hundred percent. You saw what he did for that offense. I mean, I think he's was he one of the highest offensive linemen Belichick ever. Paid. I know it's you know the caps going yeah, up. Pretty you gotta yeah, yeah. That, he got it. You got a, he got a decent yeah. chunk, and he played unbelievable last year. So, uh, you know what he's capable of. Uh, Cannon, you're right, been inconsistent, but I think he did a great job on Miles Garrett there uh, mm. on the Edelman touchdown. And uh, obviously, Brady did a great job moving up in the pocket and kind of getting to the outside. But you're right. I mean, just kind of get through this week. I think they can survive. You know, survive. Right. I mean, that's that's the key word. Right. Um, without win, maybe without Mason for one more week. You know, get the buy to, to get healthy, and then let's go the stretch run where you got Philly, Dallas, Kansas City, Houston. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, I don't know if that's the particular order, but th- those are your string of opponents the next four no, weeks. No, so. right, and that's exactly what you're looking at. And I, I think actually, I think you got it. Uh, I think in between, I think Houston is in between uh, Dallas Kansas and, City. and Kansas City. Yeah. Yep. But either way, but it's so it's you know it's a tough road. It's a tough road, and, and you know, and you have to think, Pat. They win two, like say they win Sunday night, and they win two of those four. They got the right. one seed. You know, I mean, right right now, the Patriots have statistically a better chance of going 16 and 0 than not getting a first round by. <laughs> so it's like I mean, that, the, at this point. the two seed right now. Well, and that's the thing. I mean, you look at it right and you say, you know, who's the two seed? The Chiefs. The Chiefs have three losses now. Like everyone in the AFC has at least three losses except for the Bills, who have two. 
Uh, no, I'm sorry. Them, you the, Col- the Colts have, I think the Colts only have the two. Colts are five and two, yeah. So, yeah. okay, so the Colts and the Bills are the, are the only two. So, you know, so with that, and you don't play the Colts. So it's like, you don't, you can't get the tiebreaker over the Colts that way, right? So it would have to be something else, whether it's, you know, against the AFC or whatever the case may be. So, you know, it's going to be an interesting situation, but for the Patriots, yeah, if they win, you know, they say they even lose two of these next upcoming five games. Okay, you lose two of them. You still finish the, the, the year 14-2, and two, and you probably get the number one seed of 14-2. I, I like the Colts a lot. I'd be very surprised yeah. if they finish 14-2. and two. So, yeah. you know, and, and at that point, the Chiefs can't catch you because they'll be 13-3 and three at, yep. at best. Let's say you lose the Chiefs and they somehow win out, which they could, right? And so, you know, at best, they're 13-3. and three. And so you get the one seed, and then you kind of coast into the, you know, to the AFC Championship game, and you play Kansas City. What you don't want to happen is for you to somehow end up at the two seed and for Kansas City to somehow end up at the three seed. Now you're playing Kansas City in the divisional round. Do not want that happening. I think Yeah, but I mean what Kansas are the chances? City? Yeah. I and mean, what are the chances of that? You know, we're right. we're getting into <laughs> No, no, I know. Like I, I know, said, but that's yeah, that's no, the stuff that's the stuff that you're true, always though. thinking about, you know, as a Patriots fan. I mean, even right now I think New England could potentially play like right now they're the four seed. So it's like obviously the right. playoffs don't start today, but uh, you could see him in the divisional round, even, yeah. you know, and you don't want to see that. But uh, kind of shifting over, like I said, we kind of started on the offense, got going mm-hmm. with the offensive line. Big news last week, but even bigger news this week. Looks like they're going to be activating Nikhil Harry. Finally, yep. we get to see him play. We saw three snaps and two nasty catches. Unbelievable. Yeah. One on the back shoulder. Um, we see the talent this guy's got. Um, I'm interested to see, and I guess we probably should have should have had Taylor on for this part, but <laughs> interested to see how they use him. Uh, right. Because, yeah. um, you know, I think a similar way, maybe they saw you saw Josh Gordon play a little bit outside, maybe some right. inside, too. Right. Um, I think they're going to he, he has the ability to play all over the field eventually. But with him being a rookie, missing so much uh, yeah. time, you kind of want to put him in um, areas to succeed. Right. Well, it seems like it seems like based on Sanu's usage, you know, and Sanu has played played almost primarily in the slot. He so played 28 on, snaps. I don't know how many were in the slot. And yeah, outside. the majority of them, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, were I would in the say slot. at least 20, so, 21. Yeah, and so the thing is that you look at it and say, okay, well, if Sanu is going to play in the slot and he brought Sanu in for a second-round pick, so he's valuable to you, but he's not going to be an outside guy. And so Nikhil Harry is going to be that outside guy along with Philip Dorsett, you know, and, and, and look, they all play. They all play everywhere, right? So I'm not yeah, saying yeah. like he's never – but, you know, I think for the most part – you're going to see Nikhil Harry play that outside, you know, X spot. And I think that that's really going to be, you know, his area. And he's going to make those plays like Josh Gordon made the back shoulder catches and, uh, you know, maybe some go routes here and there, but he's going to use his physicality and his body to make those plays. And what's interesting is that they still kind of have that same team, even though, you know, Gordon is gone, obviously they replaced him with Sanu. Who's a big bodied guy who uses physicality very and well. He moves better. I think at this point he does. And Gordon just, it, it was sad, but he just didn't have it anymore. He just yeah. didn't. And so, and you could see that. And, and I was kind of holding out hope, but I was like, you know, I was texting back and forth with my cousin and he was saying like, what's the deal with Gordon? I'm like, he's just not, he's not a lead anymore. He's not, he used to be, but he's doesn't, he's, he's, that's who he is. And so and and he's Sanu's taking a lot of hits, man. You know, like he plays. A he tough has. Game. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and, so he, and he's a little bit slow. I mean, you could see that. Yeah. You could see Lost him. Sure. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, so we'll see what happens. But I'm not, I'm not going to say that Nikhil Harry's going to come in and and be like this all of a sudden. Like he's going to be the savior for the Patriots' offense. I think that's kind of silly. But I think that you know he can be another piece for them. And another anything that draws the pressure away. 
from guys like James White and Philip Dorsett and uh, and Julian Edelman. Those are going to be the things that are going to help this team win. And, you know, it gives them an opportunity to have those guys be open. And really, you look at a guy like Dorsett, it's a perfect example where he is the three or fourth option, the third or fourth option. He has to be. And we've talked about this before. You have you throw another guy into the mix that you can't single cover with some random guy, right? You got to put, you know, if you're going to single cover him, you got to put someone good on him because he's going to use physicality to beat him. And so Nikhil Harry can do that for you. And that's going to free up Dorsett again. It's going to free up Edelman a little bit more. It's going to free up guys out of the backfield. And so just him being able to make those plays is going to help them. Now, again, it, it remains to be seen how effective he's going to be, but that's that's the plan. And uh, one thing, I'm sorry to I'm sorry to keep no, going there. No, you're but, good. Uh, you did mention Win and and Harry are back, so they both are practicing, which means they've both been activated off the off the IR. Now they haven't officially been activated yet, but they're designated them for return, which means yep. nobody else is coming off the IR. So I would like to just have a quick moment of silence for James Devlin. Oh, that's good. <laughs> just, yeah, he deserves get, it. Man. You know, he does. He deserves it. His season's full over. Boxer, but he's full backs are just like being thrown out of the league, like like yeah. you know, an old toy you don't want anymore. And he's still hanging around, you know, filling <laughs> a big role on the team. I mean, look yep. at what the you know the the offensive line hasn't been great, but I mean, they, their run games definitely hasn't helped. Yeah, um, yeah. you know, but I, I mean, yeah, I mean, to your original point, and back to Harry. Um, you know, obviously Malcolm Mitchell was the only receiver, right. rookie receiver that I can remember, at least during Brady's time, that you know provided some sort of you know impact to the team, especially down the stretch. I mean, those, well, you don't think you don't you don't think Aaron Dobson was was important when he? Oh was, yeah, Aaron Dobson. You mean? <laughs> oh, they drafted him. I think like four picks ahead of Jarvis Landry too, or something like that. Yeah. Not good. Um, Not good. But yeah, so I mean, he's like the only one, and obviously he had he'd been banged up. Uh, he missed yeah. some games that year. So, but I, I mean, we talked about. It. I think Jacoby Myers would kind of fill that role. I think Harry would have a little bit bigger just because of the right. depth uh, problem that they have. Not yeah. problem, but it's it's not great. No, right? it's not. It isn't. Yeah. Back to that thing, and I guess a lot of teams run into this. But if you lose one or someone goes down, you're kind of back to square one. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Especially with you know with a guy like Edelman. I mean, he's the he's the cog that that kind of has everything running. And so I think for Edelman, that's really the issue. I look at him and say, if they lose him, they're screwed. And I guess it's been that way every year. But like, yeah, when you especially have a guy no like, Gronk. well, and that's the thing. When you have a guy like Gronk, if one guy goes down, you're like, all right, like we're still good. We still have Gronk. Or if Gronk goes down, you're like, all right, well, we still have Edelman at least. You know, both of them were were difference makers in that offense. They both could yes. spread the field in certain ways, and they were, you know, two, you know, safety blankets for Brady. Right. <laughs> right. And Ben Watson made a great catch on Sunday. And he could, you could see, you could potentially see more of that out of Ben Watson, um, you know. But it is what it is. I mean, look, we know what we have now, right? And what's funny is that, um, you know, the trademark. Obviously, the, the trade deadline was this week. Patriots made no moves, as, as many people saw. But I thought it was interesting. I saw a tweet kind of roll out there that, you know, the Patriots uh, made a move for Emmanuel Sanders. Uh, I'm sorry, made a move for uh, Mohamed Sanu and Emmanuel Sanders. You can't went, get him off your brain, man. You've been I mentioning know, like, this man, guy since freaking, September. <laughs> I love Emmanuel Sanders, man. I do. I wish he was on this team. Sanu, bro. <laughs> but the Patriots made a move for for Sanu, and Sanders went to uh, San Francisco, and both both those guys went for a fairly high price. And it's funny because they actually said that a lot of the receivers didn't move because of those two picks because that kind of inflated the market right away. 
which I thought was really interesting because it's almost like Belichick, you know, someone tweeted out like Belichick was playing checkers or playing chess when everyone's playing checkers because oh. he he made a move early that raised that raised the price for everyone else and no one else was able to make a move for a receiver. Now well, it's kind I mean, of like I last year with Amari Cooper, you know, with the first round pick, right. it kind of set the market. I think what Golden yeah. Tate go for. He went for a second, which I don't yeah. think he provided much. Not great. Uh, Not great. Then, but yeah, no, it's 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 a good point. And yeah, I mean, Bills made deals, his deals before the deadline anyways. I think he got Van Noy like the week before. You know, right. like they, they like to get their team ready. Um, but yeah, I mean, the Sanu pickup was great. I wish, um, you know, the, the the name Eifert was kind of floating around. And, you yeah. know, I had heard that. Uh, obviously, you can talk about it now. I had heard that come out. But, um, you know, we'll see. I mean, I wish they kind of were able to address that. But like you said, they got something in Watson. He's doing an okay job. He's a veteran, right. knows the system. It's probably better than what they were going to get out there. And I think the price was too high. But I think, that, I mean, maybe a little offensive line help because look, you traded for Russell Brodine or Bodine, whatever his name was. He couldn't nice. last a week. Right. Um, Jermaine Newlemore was supposed to be the best one that they got. Terrible. Yeah. Right. And then uh, Corey, what's his name? Cle- Cunningham. Uh, Cunningham, Corey Cunningham, Brown yeah. Blake. He's been inactive so much. Think. Yeah, he's, he's done nothing. And then Newhouse has been, you know, I, I feel bad for the slander that he gets. He's he's, he's been there, playing a tough, <laughs> tough, you know, position. Yeah. Obviously, with left tackle yeah. and you know Isaiah Wynn, first round pick filling in for him. But um, you know, at least he's healthy and playing. But yeah, like right. they, they tried the offensive line help early in the year, and it's it's been a cluster. Well, I think the real issue and, and the problem, I think the biggest problem with the with the offensive line help is that if you back needed, to it now. <laughs> no, I know. But if you needed help in the middle, right? Yeah. Like then maybe you could trade for someone, but you're not trading for a tackle because you have nope. Isaiah Wynn and you feel exactly. like he's the guy, you know? So you can't you it can't speaks highly of him. And we saw good things yeah. from him. We really did. I know it was a what was it, a week and a half, but I mean, yeah. all preseason he was good, all camp he looked good. Week one, he was he was dominant. I think he shut down he was one on one with TJ Watt for a little bit of that game. Um, if I, it's so long ago now, but he right. did a good job. He did. A, he's, you know, he's there. Yeah. No. Oh, yeah. He's the. He's the what? The the fat frail kid from from Georgia. Oh uh, yeah. Don't even like, get me what started. A, man. Ugh, a joke. God. What a joke. Just unbearable. And that's the type of stuff. And this is why, like, honestly, you know, this is why I love what we're doing. You know, with yeah. with Pat's pulpit and everything else. Like, you get a podcast every day. I don't even have to, you don't even have to listen to talk radio anymore. You listen to us an hour a day and you're good to go. You get your little Patriots fix every day and you're good to go. You know what I mean? Like that? That's good. Yeah. So, um, (laughs) but anyways, but so that's what they got. Now, listen, offensive line is what it is. I think, you know, I'm going to be, I'm going to be excited to see what Wynn can do when he comes back. Uh, And so, you know, that's going to help there. And again, you, what are you going to do? You can't make a trade. You can't like, you you just can't do that. And so that's the way it goes. You got to hold on to those picks. They did make a move at kicker. Um, they got rid of the Nuge, Mike Nugent, uh, and they picked up Nick Folk, another <laughs> former Jets kicker, uh, uh, who was recently kicking in the AAF. I need to, I need, I need to go on a rant for a second because I go got ahead. blasted when they, when Steven Gaskowski went down for the year, yep. was like, you know, so happy about it. It was disgusting. Like, yeah. you know how lucky Patriots fans for you that hated Steven Guskowski? Like, yeah, he missed a bunch of big, he not a bunch, a few big kicks. But guess what? When you're given so many opportunities, been kicking here for almost 15 years, you're right. going to have more big kicks than anybody else. And the chances you're going to miss one go up because you have more chances. Simple right. math. Right. Um, but, you know, it's it's disgusting because you're so, we're so lucky as Patriots fans to go from Adam Vinatieri, who's still kicking clutch field goals. You saw the game winner the this weekend. He's the goal. To go, yeah. yeah, to go right into Steven Gaskowski, who I think is a top five, maybe even a top three kicker of all time. 
He's got what the he's highest field goal percentage. He's up there. He's consistent. Um, mm-hmm. His availability is always there. And now you're stuck with Mike Nugent, who was awful. And yeah. I, I don't have this guy. Obviously, doesn't have big shoes to fill. But how can you expect much better? With the, the kicking they is can. so bad in the NFL, and people are so quick to want Koskowski out. Like right. these people are, are nuts. That's a hundred percent correct. It's a hundred percent correct. And you know, I think they said. Uh, five times in the last four games, there were opportunities when they probably would have ended up kicking field goal when they went for when they went for it instead. You know, and you know, Bill down. hates going for it on fourth. Right, down. and that's it. and Ever right since the fourth and two in Indy, and especially too, like you know, they're not like fourth and ones; they're like fourth and nines. <laughs> but they're going for it because they're like, well, we're not we we're not just going to kick it. I mean, so I think the weather the hasn't thing, been great, but they're you, I know what you're saying. Like, no, but it. right, they have they a hundred percent have, and I think that they looked at it and just said, "What are we doing with Nugent? Like he stinks." And, and I think Bailey's got some work to do as well. I think really. Bailey's got has a ton of work to do because the thing about Bailey is that his snap, his holds are not good. Um, the last, excuse me, the last miss by Nugent, uh, was rough, was really rough. He had the laces wrong. The ball was tilted an awkward way. And, and again, I Nugent said that was going to be an it, issue. Like, coming in. like, right. Look how much, that, look how long Ryan Allen held for like Jake right. Bailey's an awesome, but it's, it's a tough job. It's some, it's some, it's some growing pains for sure. Now oh. the thing is, is that, you get what you get from the flip side of it is you get his punting, which has been fantastic. And so you say, okay, we live with the the good and the bad. No, figure out the, the the holding by the end of the year. We hope at least. But you just wonder, like in the AFC Championship game, if you get there, if it's in Foxborough and it's snowing and it's nasty out and it's freezing out, is he going to be able to get the snap down? You know. And so th- those are the things that you that you wonder about and you worry about stuff like that. And so, you know, and I mean, look, all you got to do is go over to Chicago and ask them. Just go over to Chicago and ask them. You get the double doink last year. You get the what, like a like a forty-one yard field goal that he shanked on Sunday, where they would have won. And so you just look at it and say they don't have a kicker, and because they don't have a kicker, they've lost consistently. Look at Minnesota a few years back when Blair Walsh just just completely shanked that you know super easy field goal in Seattle. So you know it's a luxury having guys like that. And look, I understand, like you said, Gostowski's missed some missed some kicks here and there. Guys are going to miss kicks. It's the way it goes. There's nothing you can do about it. And yes, I mean, he missed some kicks no in big games and so about, on and so forth. No one wants to talk about the when it was 10-3 and and Bill didn't know to go for it or or you know trust his defense or trust his kicker. Trust right. Gostowski was at a 44-yarder when he did miss one early in the game and right. he just snuck it through. That's a clutch kick right there. I don't know. Like, yeah, the Denver one hurts and, you know, right. uh, Philadelphia right. and then Atlanta, you got to go for two because he missed yeah. one. But like I said, man, like you're, we're so, we were so lucky to have someone like that. And now we're getting like all those people that wished it. You're getting a taste of the medicine and what it's like to have a shit kicker in the league. Excuse no, hundred percent. No, no. And I, I think too, like, I think when you start looking at it and you start looking at, at, um, at uh, the decision making and really, and again, like, I think that that's a big thing. You look at Venetieri. Now Venetieri. Greatest kicker of all time is the goat, Absolutely. without a doubt. It's not even close. Oh, yeah. This Sunday, he won. He won the game this Sunday for them, awesome. as as we already talked about, right? But here's the thing, right? Here's the thing about that. How many field goals did he miss during the course of the during the course of the, that game? Two, right? He missed like an extra point. He missed two. He missed two field goals and an extra point in that oh, game. Great. And then he yeah. gets up for fifty one fifty one yard field goal and, and he buries nails, it to win the game. Nails. <laughs> and so that, that's the thing, like. You know, the question isn't isn't when to miss, it's when are you gonna hit? And I think, you know, every time Gustelsky's been in that big moment, he's 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 done a pretty good job. So, you know, again, uh, who knows if he's gonna be back and, and whatnot, but I mean, kicker is something that bears watching 
that we didn't we didn't we didn't uh, have to worry about. So. Yeah, I mean, so, like I said, back to the back to that point, we're, we were lucky to have him, and I mean, it's they're gonna have to figure it out. Uh, Nick Folks, I think, better and has a better track record, I think, than Mike Nugent. Like when Mike Nugent was first brought here, I was like, Ugh, I, I kind of knew right away. But yeah. uh, Folks kicked for a little bit. I, I feel a little bit better with him there. Um, but yeah, it's gonna be something that they're just gonna have to see if it works and gonna have to work through it, I guess. Uh, you right. know, the offense has got to get going so that, you know, this kicking doesn't have to matter so much. But I yeah, guess it's, it's, you know, nice, it's a work in progress like anything. But, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. All right. All right. So we have – looks like we have Jake Loke on the line. Jake is from uh, the – is from Baltimore Beatdown. And he hosts a podcast over there for Baltimore Beatdown. Looks like his camera isn't working. But, uh, but Jake, are you there? I am here. Can you guys hear me? We can yeah, certainly hear on? you. How you doing? I'm good, man. I don't know what's going on with my camera here. I guess I'll try to figure that out. But that's uh, all right. All right. Yeah, no big deal. Work. You're you're from Baltimore, anyways. We don't care about you, so <laughs> we don't need to see your face. <laughs> yeah. No. I just I hear the I hear the New England accent when I jump in here, and I'm like, ah, it's rivalry. <laughs> don't worry, we won't jump through the screen. <laughs> yeah. Right. Fair enough, fair enough. So, all right. So, listen. Before uh, we break things down, right? Let's just. Why don't you give give us your like, uh, you know, quick view of of the Ravens this year what type of team they are what you expect from them this year and what you've seen from them so far this year so far this year you know I'm a little bit pleasantly surprised I would say I think they've uh done a good job in doing the things that I was expecting them to do but uh, they've also done a good job in certain other areas as well uh, I was expecting a little bit of a drop off on the defense but uh, that certainly bared out in even more of a way than I would have imagined in the first couple of weeks um, and since then, they've kind of turned it around, which has helped them to get some, uh, you know, big wins or at least one big win that I really wasn't expecting. And on offense, they've been really, really solid, yeah. man. I mean, they uh, they were passing it really well when they needed to early in the uh, season there. It's been a lot more rushing the last couple of weeks, and they've just kind of, you know, grinded it out and did what they had to do. And uh, in the sense that they're more offensively oriented, it's something that I'm not used to, but uh, they're doing it in a way that I am used to, which is running the ball really well. So sitting there at five and two heading into a critical game. It's uh, it feels good to be a little bit more comfortable than I can say I have been as a fan the last couple of years around this time. So um, I would say overall general sentiment is uh, pleasantly surprised so far. And uh, you know, in, in a very good way. I mean, and you got, you know, full control of that AFC North. What's, oh, yeah. you know, it's or Pittsburgh's right behind you at three and four, but you know that they're not going to go anywhere. So that's gotta be nice. I know that, that division is usually an absolute dogfight. I mean, you saw last year till week 17. So it's good to, I guess, uh, kind of have a stress-free um, kind of middle of the season here. But looking ahead to this matchup with the Patriots, me and Pat actually talked about it early on in the show. Uh, would you kind of um, agree here that if, if the Patriots, you know, do come out on top that, you know, the, the one seed is basically theirs, but hey, if, if somehow the Ravens can uh, kind of shock the world here and pull this one off, which they're, I think they're fully capable of and we'll get into, uh, they, they'd be in a good position here, obviously, with two losses and New England with one, uh, New England heading into the bye, that they'd be right there knocking on the one seed. You know what? Even if the Pats do come into town and, uh, you know, suffer an upset here, I'm still expecting them to be the one seed. I just think, yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, it looks I, good. But. Yeah, definitely. I just think the pedigree is too good. I think I just trust Brady and Belichick, even if they take a ding here to uh, keep things rolling. But, 
Yeah, I mean, it will be huge. And it's you mentioned the whole stress-free aspect of it. Is this what it feels like for you guys in like week one? <laughs> hey, <laughs> the bills are, yeah. bills are good this year, though. So it, it, it's not as stress-free as you think. Yeah, I guess that's true. You've got uh, Josh Allen rumbling around, and you got that good defense up there in Buffalo. I'm not overly impressed by them. But yeah. I, you know, I, I got to give them their props for sure. Uh, they're kind of similar to the way that I'm used to seeing the Ravens do things. So uh, definitely. But um, yeah, it would be a huge win if the Ravens were able to pull it off. I'm not necessarily optimistic they're going to, but you know, I'm sure we'll get into that at some point. But uh, it's definitely feels like a game between these two teams that has more juice than it has in a long time. I mean, this is a rivalry that really hasn't had a ton of charge to it in the last couple of years. So it's definitely good to see that both teams at a good spot heading into a Sunday night game. It's uh, it's pretty cool. Yeah. So how do you think, and sorry, Pat, I just one, one little thing, because I tweeted it out today. Lamar Jackson, um, you know, is, is per game average versus, versus 500 teams this year, uh, 16 for 32, 205 passing yards, 81 rushing yards, and just one touchdown with two turnovers. Does does this matchup kind of, you know, scary? Because I know the Patriots in the past, and I know their defense is so good this year and so athletic. They've they've typically struggled with the mobile quarterbacks, those dual threat guys. And Lamar Jackson's is as close to Michael Vick as we've seen. I mean, he you, you've seen the things he can do yep. and what he did in Seattle two weeks ago was insane with both the arm and the legs. Um, so does that match up kind of, um, you know, does that, you think that serves well for Lamar facing the Patriots, but, or do you think this is a, you know, a real true test for him? You know, it's tough to say because if anyone can take away that rushing ability and kind of make him one dimensional, it would be Belichick and all the guys they have on the defensive staff there and the talent that they have. But uh, yeah, you know, I think coming off of the bye, John Harbaugh, I think is nine and one. So that's, you know, it gives you a little bit yeah. of confidence that they're maybe going to be able to scheme something up to help them be a little bit more multiple pronged on offense and be able to exploit different parts of the Pats defense if it can be exploited because it's been so damn good so far. But I think, yeah, ultimately the fact that he hasn't played great against competition by the numbers is a little bit concerning, but I would say it was really impressive what he went and did in Seattle last week. In I agree. Environment. Absolutely. And then, yep. And then coming home, uh, to the environment that's very much going to be in favor of him. I think that works in his favor a little bit. But uh, yeah. overall, it's going to be a very tough test, and I'm excited to see how he responds. Well, I think, I mean, for me, you know, it's it's interesting with, the, you know, with the whole situation with Lamar. And in my opinion, I think if you're able to keep him in the pocket, that he's average. He's not, he's not, he's not terrible. He's not bad. I just think he's average if you're able to keep him in the pocket. But the problem with him is that he's a runner. He's basically a running back back there. And you know, what the Patriots do best is play man coverage. And that's, you know, they are, they're the best man coverage team in the NFL. They run man coverage more than anyone in the NFL and they're successful at it. But the problem with man coverage is that you have your back turned because you're covering the guy you're, that you're covering. And so if the, if the uh, quarterback is able to break contain, then he can run. And I mean, Jackson can obviously run. And that's, that's the one thing that's very concerning for me because if the Patriots have to get out of that style, and play more of a zone defense. And I think that's I think what they'll do, honestly. Probably. And I, I actually wouldn't be surprised if when they run man, if they had a guy like Jonathan Jones as a spy on on uh, on Jackson because he's so electric and he's so explosive. You need someone with a ton of speed like Jones to cover him. I know you don't typically see that. It's usually a linebacker or a safety, but you need someone with the speed that he has because Jackson just has way too much speed, and he's good with the ball in his hands. He's not just a guy who's fast. He can make moves similar to Vic. I think he's the like you know Spag said it perfectly. Like, I think he's he's basically the new Michael Vic. Where you know in the pocket he's fine. He's not great, but he's fine. He's got an arm. He can chuck it deep if if you need him to. But he's not 
he's not threading the needle. He's not dissecting the defense like you know, like Brady is. But if he breaks contain, you're screwed because you're in a heap of trouble. Yeah, definitely. It's like a kind of a multiple uh, strengths that he brings to the table type of thing where I definitely agree with you where if you make him sit back there and throw, he's, you know, average, I would say above average, you know, at times this season definitely yeah. improved a lot over the course of last year. Oh, yeah, for he sure. really struggled uh, in certain spots, but he's definitely, yeah, he's good enough as a passer, but not good enough as a passer to beat a defense like this. So you're going to be you're going to have to rely on him to make some big time throws probably and also have some big time runs but yeah it does kind of feel like they're probably going to find some you know athletic guy that's they're going to yeah. be spying and sticking him with and that's kind of my fear is that they're going to be able to neutralize the uh his rushing game with that but um I don't know man this offense has some other options as well I mean you could pound it with Mark Ingram you've got uh right. Gus Edwards and Justice Hill in the backfield too and then there's some decent receiving options definitely more so than we're used to seeing around here so it'll be an interesting chess match for sure is Brown going to play, does it look like? Yeah, he definitely is. They've been yeah. it already. Okay, good. So, so there you go. Marquise Brown and Nikhil Harry hopefully coming back. That'll be cool. Yeah, two first-round uh, first picks. Exactly. That'd be nice. Uh, so defensively for the Ravens, you know, what have you seen from their defense? And do you think – now, I think that Patriots offense have struggled at times. Do you think they're going to be able to take advantage of some some uh, some injuries along the Patriots' offensive line? And how good is this Ravens' defense? Because this Ravens' defense was was exceptional last year, and I feel like they've fallen off a lot this year. Yeah, so they were great last year. I think they were number one overall in uh, the rankings or whatever it was. I know you know Chicago probably really was the best defense, but they were yeah. right up there. Uh, this year, definitely not on that level at all. But the last several weeks, they definitely have improved, and part of that is weirdly they decided to go away from some of the young uh pieces up front uh spe or specifically at middle linebacker uh patrick owasso and kenny young they they just were not getting it done they looked lost you know maybe they were too young and the communication was an issue they were not stout against the run they banked owasso ostensibly and then they ship off kenny young in the trade to grab marcus peters so they bring in josh Bynes and lj fort who i wouldn't blame you guys if you don't even know who they are but I've heard been, the name LJ Fort. Yeah, so they've been uh, really stout against the run. They've been just really solid veteran guys that I think have given them a little bit more teeth up front. So they're not great, I think, up front, but they're much better than they were, probably closer to league average. I think the DVOA has been climbing steadily the last several weeks. And then the secondary, despite some you know communication issues that led to some big plays off of breakdowns early in the year, they've been good. You bring in Earl Thomas. The teams, basically, awesome. yeah, teams haven't even been throwing at him. That's kind of the impact that he brings. And he yeah. did get an interception against Miami. So he's got some plays on the stat sheet as well. And then you trade for Marcus Peters and small sample size, but he grabs you at pick six, helps right. you, you know, basically win that game in Seattle. And then I don't know how much you guys know Marlon Humphrey, but he's, oh, a, yeah, Blair. He's one of the best cornerbacks in the league. He definitely has been the last couple of years. And thankfully this year, he's starting to finally get that recognition. And he's just been, a big play machine forcing fumbles to win games and getting some interceptions here and there. So uh, it's been great to see them finally start to gel the last couple of weeks. Cause it really was frustrating the first several when they were giving up big plays and kind of getting gashed. And I think that's an interesting matchup that people kind of aren't talking about with this Patriots receiving corpse, right? You got, you know, Dorsett Edelman um, and Sanu kind of working his way and working a role in the offense, you know, 28 snaps last week, expecting, you know, probably, you know, an uptick this week, you know, you get Nikhil Harry back, hopefully, and then Jacoby Myers first, you know, those guys really haven't got going. We've been talking about in past weeks, Pat, you know, the, the offense in, in particular, the passing game has been slow. 
And with, you know, getting healthy at receiver, getting these guys now uh, acclimated versus a good, um, you know, a, a Raven secondary that has been playing really well the last couple of weeks. Yeah, definitely. I do see it as a uh, really interesting matchup, um, especially with bringing Sanu in and with Harry being active, because it was kind of for the first several weeks watching the Pats from afar. It definitely was the defense pulling the way. And it's like, oh, absolutely. Who's even in there besides like Edelman, you know, Gronk right. on Harry was not there when, you know, people thought he was going to be back in training camp or whatever it was ultimately. And then you make the move for Sanu for a second round pick. It's a big time Patriots move. And uh, the guy can throw the ball, so um, hey, you never know. Only, I don't only... think we'll see that. Maybe till uh, maybe you guys get a little, uh, you know, flashback with. Uh, they had to, yeah. The exactly. pass. Maybe they do it this year with uh, Sanu this year. Until they were coming to Baltimore to acquire a receiver that could throw the ball. So uh, yeah, be a little PTSD on my end if he ends up completing one. Oh man, that would be that'd be pretty nice uh, for me at least. Maybe not for you, but for no, me, definitely for not me, for me. But nice. I'm sure you guys would love it. <laughs> So I think, I mean, as far as breakdown is concerned, listen, I, I think we're pretty comprehensive here. I think it's going to be a good matchup on both sides of the ball. I really think, you know, and Spags and I talked about a little bit earlier, like I know Kansas City's got a great offense and they're explosive and they're electric, but Kansas City's defense stinks. Oh, and the yeah. Patriots can exploit that defense. And I think, honestly, at that point, I'd be shocked if Kansas City really gave them, really gave them a game. I think Mahomes can win you a game at any point, And so there's always that fear. But when you talk about a, a you know a dual threat in the Ravens where they have a good offense and they have a good defense and they're pretty well coached as well. And that's why Andy Reid, I always feel like, is going to screw it up at the end, whether he does or not. I always just feel like he's going to. And although Harbaugh, I feel like, is a is a, like a, like a, just a tad overrated, I think he's a good coach. I think he gets a little bit too much credit. Um, you know, but again, I think he's a good coach. So I think they're well coached. They have a very, they have an explosive offense with a really explosive Solid quarterback, and they got a good defense. Right, right. And so I think that you know it's a big test for the Patriots. It's on the road. It's going to be really this you know challenging game. And like you said, they're coming off the bye. By the way, this is the second game in a row. Everyone talks about all oh, the Patriots. You know, have this easy schedule and everything else like that. This is the second out of three consecutive teams they're playing off their bye. And so uh, it's definitely, you know, a little bit more of a challenge for the Patriots here. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I'm certainly hoping so. I'm going to be in attendance at this one. So, oh, yeah? Yeah, definitely. Nice. This is going to be rocking, I'm hoping. So uh, it's going to be a big time, uh, big time, you know, sort of hopefully a renewed chapter and a rivalry that, like I said, it's, it's been feeling a little bit dead the last couple of years. But um yeah, I mean, as long as my quarterback can avoid throwing a pick on a shovel pass in the first couple of drives. <laughs> if you don't, as long as you don't turn the ball over on three consecutive plays, I think you'll be all right. You know. Yeah, hopefully. And uh, my quarterback also isn't going to be in like a million commercials in between the commercial breaks there that, you know, the pass off. That's down. one of those things. He, he cashed yeah. in when he had to, though, Baker oh, Mayfield. Yeah, yeah oh. get some money. But, oh. Yeah, PM, PMT talked about that. Like, if you're losing, you could just you like sign it into your contract where, like, if you're losing, they just stop playing your ads just for the game so that and you don't have to like it's not a bad oh. idea you know so uh so listen before we let you go though we do have because tomorrow's halloween uh we do have some some halloween questions for you so i'm gonna go with the first one number one bags you can share and i'll share as well but jake your your favorite all-time scary movie so yeah we were talking about this a little bit earlier i'm not a huge scary movie guy but i would say that um Whenever this time of year comes around, I just love watching the original Halloween. I don't know if you guys have seen it, but oh yeah, 
that's a, that's an all-time classic that, that a good one. theme song just kind of good choice so yeah that would be it for me that's a good choice Back. Scary, uh, scariest movie for me is the 2007 Super Bowl versus the uh, oh, New York Giants. <laughs> that's the, that's the scary. No, I'm not a big scary movie guy, so that's why I chose that. Uh, that 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 gives me nightmares. Uh, oh, but God, I'd have to go with. Um, I don't know. I mean, I haven't really seen it. Probably that. Jeez, uh, what is that? I can't even think of it. Um, Oh my god! I'm having. You're a gonna pick here. a movie you haven't seen as the scariest movie. No, you've ever I, seen? I see. I don't watch it that much, but I've seen parts parts of this part. Just go, Pat. I I, I pass. I'm, I'm drawing a break. It's so scary. He can't even remember it. Yeah, yeah, I know, um, right? He just blanked it out of his memory. Once I said the 2007 Super Bowl, he's, my brain doesn't work anymore. Listen, I'm I mean, gonna hang up. That's a good. It's a good choice. Uh, 2007 Super Bowl is a good choice. Hanging open, and he just brings back bad flashbacks. Yeah, I know. Yeah. That's bad memories. So, well, I actually talked about this on my other podcast, Armchair Superheroes, which have go on iTunes and download armchair superheroes right now do that yep so uh but anyways but um i talked about this and actually i think for me number one is either alien or aliens uh both those movies are so good super suspenseful it was the purge, by the way it was the purge that's what the it purge that's it there you go okay so, <laughs> so yeah either alien or aliens for me man uh those movies are awesome and they're great i can rewatchability is through the roof the first Halloween, like you said, Jake, is, is a dope movie, too. That's the only one of the real, like, slasher movies that I like because that's, like, a real classic to me. So, um, all right. And then one more, your favorite Halloween costume that you wore. Like, any, like, all time? Anytime. Anytime. Could be when you're a kid. Could be when you're an adult. Could be, you know, let's try to keep it, like, PG-13. But, you know, like, anything, <laughs> anything that you did. Yeah, so um, my senior year or no i think it was my junior year of college me and a bunch of buddies there was a um a, co a contest at the bar like you know they, they do the like costume contests yeah, yeah we won four of us going as the crew from anchorman and i was ron burgundy so that would be my favorite oh that's amazing yeah that is amazing that's uh that's a good one uh yeah, for me I, but it was I, uh it was worth it oh yeah. that's great for me, I'd have to go with, um, I think it was my sophomore year of college. Uh, me and my girlfriend did Tom Brady and Giselle. So I'm sticking with Patriots here. It's the Patriot Nation <laughs> podcast. So anytime you can pretend to be Tom Brady for maybe six hours, it's it's awesome. So I'm not yeah. even a Patriots fan, and I would like that. I mean, it's pretty dope, right? It's pretty yeah. cool. Yeah. So so I had one. Uh, now, I've had, I've had multiple uh, pretty good ones, you know, when I was a kid and whatnot. But one of my – maybe my favorite one ever – uh, we were all going to be blue man group. My buddy had this great idea that we were going to be blue man group and he bought latex. This lunatic bought blue latex that we were going to put on ourselves. And so he like a moron decided that he was going to shave his face so that he wasn't like no stubble or anything like that. And then put the latex on except like his face, like like burned off because of, because like the, the latex like uh. grows and he's So he was like screaming in my, in my parents' bathroom, like trying to rip the thing off. Right. So this is like probably, I, I think I was a senior in college or maybe first year out of college. And he was helping out coach the wrestling team at our old high school. So he had a key to the gym. He went into the gym and took, and took uh, shoulder pads from the, from the football team. Just grabbed, started grabbing shoulder pads, extra shoulder pads from the football team. And uh, and you grabbed extra shoulder pads from the football team. We were football players wearing like the legit shoulder pads and everything else. So it was it was pretty cool. So that was fun. That's probably my uh, my favorite memory. But him screaming with the latex on his face was just was out of, out of control. 
That's cool. Blue Man Group would have been sick. I don't know if you it would have been cool. It would have been. I mean, it done done incorrectly, but if we had done it right, it would have been cool. So. I saw those guys live once uh, after a couple cocktails, and I, I thought I was tripping or something. It it's awesome. nuts. How about my my sister in law's friend is a Blue Man, which is oh, wild, wow. dude. Get it's out. crazy. That's sick. So yeah, it's pretty cool. So I haven't seen him in the in the in the show yet. I mean, I've been there, but I haven't seen him in the show before. Uh, so, but I got to go check him out. It's pretty sweet. Definitely. So, all right, Jake. Thanks, man. Before we let you go, just plug yourself. Plug you know uh, where people can find you, where they can listen to you. I know this is a Patriots podcast, but nevertheless, they might want some some Ravens talk. You know, you never There's know. Playoff action. Who knows? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Hopefully, uh, meet up again sometime later this. Uh, yeah, yeah, that'd be cool. January, yeah. So uh, you can check us out, BaltimoreBeatdown.com. It's the uh, SB Nation, so like a sister site of Pat's Pulpit. Uh, you can find my writing there. Um, I'm definitely more in the podcasting game now too. So it's just Baltimore Beatdown Podcast. You can follow nice. the show on Twitter at Podcast Beatdown. I think is the handle. It's one of those weird things where you just kind of make it on a whim. That's right. Thing. But yeah, you can also follow me at Jake Luke uh, L O U Q U E. Uh, is how you spell my last name for some reason. Um, and then um, <laughs> my co-host is Spencer, and you can follow him at Ravens for Dummies, and that's the num- number four in the middle there. So that's just us three. And uh, if you have any interest in checking out the Ravens, maybe getting some uh, behind-the-scenes, little in- you know, behind-enemy lines intel here ahead of the game, check us out. And, uh, yeah, we really appreciate it. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Well, thanks for coming on, Jake. Really appreciate it. And that's going to end. That's going to end our broadcast as well. Thanks for watching out there. Really appreciate you. And uh, you know, got a little bit, a few questions in there. Good, some good interaction. So we appreciate it. And we'll be back next week as well. We can try to do a live show again next week. And so enjoy. Happy Halloween. And uh, sorry, Jake, but go Pats. Thank you. Good luck. <laughs> Take care. See you too. Yeah. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical.